Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast. My name is Jesse Ellertson, and this is a podcast for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of frequent deployments and trainings, but want to stop feeling mentally miserable in the process. You know what to do, and you're doing it, all while holding down the fort at home. But you are weary from living in survival mode and battling with your brain. If you are ready to thrive, then you are in the right place. This is episode four, 16 reasons why deployments are like pregnancies. I've found that people who are not in the military struggle to connect and relate with you when you're experiencing a deployment. They have desire to, and it would benefit you as well if they could understand better. But what we go through is a pretty foreign concept to many people. I've also found that explaining concepts of the deployment and drawing on similarities that people experience during pregnancies really helps them understand. It also helps me accept the hard parts of the, of the deployment as normal and right on track, just like I do in a pregnancy. I hope you enjoy this. So number one is, when you are pregnant, people give you lots of wanted and unwanted advice, just like when you are in a deployment. Number two is, when you are pregnant and miserable with morning sickness and being super uncomfortable and it all just goes on and on, people struggle with how uncomfortable your whole life is and either avoid you or try and fix it. The same thing can happen in a deployment when you have to worry about his safety for so long and do holidays without them and be a solo parent and people ask over and over, when is he getting home? Almost as if to say, I'll feel so much better when he's home and I know you feel better. Number three, people often try to minimize how challenging being pregnant can be by saying things like, well, at least you're not sick the whole time or you only have one other kid, so you're okay. The same thing can happen in a a deployment when they say, oh, thank goodness there's technology and you get to talk to him every day, or at least he won't have to go again for a while. While I am so grateful for all of those things, I don't think that the challenges need to be minimized with gratitude. They can just both coexist. It can be very challenging and we can be grateful for the parts that make it easier. Number four, people say really dumb stuff when you're pregnant, like, oh, you're due next month? That went so fast. Or sometimes I even forget you're pregnant. We never forget we're pregnant, in case anyone's wondering. When you're in a deployment, they also love to tell you how fast the deployment went for them. Another great one I got once was, oh, I could never do that, meaning go through a deployment. I could never do that. I just love my husband too much, as if I don't love mine. I try to remember that people mean well, and I plan. I try to plan on them saying these dumb things because they don't get it, and that's totally okay. Number five, you are happy to be pregnant and you want to be growing your family, but it's incredibly difficult and scary and sometimes you even question your decisions. Just like how you're patriotic, you love your country and you support what your husband is doing and you believe in the need, but it's still awful sometimes and you wish there was an easier way. Number six, pregnancies and deployments are both roller coasters of moods, emotions, symptoms, temperaments, experiences etc. Sometimes you feel great. Sometimes you feel morning sick. Sometimes you have tons of energy. Sometimes you have none. Sometimes you have a pinched nerve. Sometimes you feel like being around people. Sometimes you want to crawl in a hole and hide. Number seven, just like everyone experiences pregnancy differently, and even your pregnancies are different from one to the next, deployment has the same unpredictability in that you won't know how you will experience it until you do it. And then the next time it may be a totally different experience for you. Number eight, a pregnancy is a lengthy amount of time to have your life be completely different. It's a marathon, not a sprint, and it feels like it will last forever. 
and that this is your life now, even though logically you understand it is temporary and it will come to an end. And I have found deployments to be the same way. Number nine is that when you're pregnant and when you're in a deployment, life goes on as normal and you're still expected to carry on with everything you've always done while every single part of your life is currently being affected by the pregnancy or by the deployment. Number 10, measuring time and counting down is very important in both pregnancies and deployments. You spend time thinking about exactly how much time has passed and exactly how much time you have left. And you count down in weeks and months, not days. Number 11, when you are pregnant, you have a due date. But for the most part, you won't know what day that baby is being born until you are in labor. When your husband is getting ready to come home from a deployment, you have an estimated date of arrival, but you don't plan on that date until they have a plane ticket in their hands. For pregnancies and deployments, you clear your whole schedule around that date so that you're ready. Number 12, in the weeks before the baby arrives, you go through a nesting phase where you prepare for the baby and complete necessary projects. And when you're getting ready for your husband to come home after being gone for so long, you go through a similar nesting phase trying to make your house perfect and clean and organized and finish up any project you've ever started or even thought about starting before they get back. Number 13, you have a plan for labor and delivery, but it doesn't always go according to that plan. Just like you have a plan for their homecoming, but you have to be flexible because many parts of it are out of your control. Number 14, having your baby is amazing for so many reasons, like getting to hold this beautiful baby you've been waiting for so long to meet and not being pregnant anymore. That's one of my favorites. (laughs) So that's just like how having them home is the most amazing thing and you have been anticipating it for so long. But at the same time, having a newborn is an incredibly difficult transition, just like transitioning to your husband being home again can be very challenging. Number 15, after your baby is born and in the weeks and months that follow, it is very normal to experience baby blues and postpartum depression. After your husband comes home and in the weeks and months that follow, it is also very normal for either of you to experience depression, anxiety, and for your soldier to even deal with PTSD from the experiences that he had during his deployment. Whatever you're experiencing, reach out for help, even though your brain is going to tell you to keep it to yourself. And finally, number 16, when you are not pregnant, it can be hard to remember exactly how difficult it was, how miserable the morning sickness was, how hard it was to sleep, and how painful contractions were. And when you're back in it, you think, oh, how could I have ever forgotten about this? When you are not in a deployment, it almost feels like it happened to a different person, and we put some distance between us and the version of us that went through that hard thing. This can be helpful in that we're willing to get pregnant again and willing to go through another deployment when necessary. I hope that you guys enjoyed my list and I would love to hear from you if there's anything that I forgot or something, an experience that you have that relates to this, just go ahead and send me an email at podcast at simplyresilient.net. And we're going to go ahead and wrap up our episode with our, our segments. So our battle bunny moment today is from Nathan and he says, I received one-on-one coaching from Jesse during a particularly trying time in my marriage. With the pressures of small children and problems with a new house, my wife and I were drifting apart. Jesse helped me distill the many swirling, vague concerns into clearly defined issues and an action plan to address those issues. As someone who suffers from anxiety, it's always been difficult for me to get pressing issues out of my head and untangled. Jesse's help was critical to the resolution of that burgeoning crisis. Now it's been nearly a year and my wife and I are in a much better place. 
The children are crazier and the house still has issues, but I feel much more solid in my core relationships. And I put much of the credit for that in the hands of Jesse. I recommend her services highly. Thank you so much for that review, Nathan. I love that he talked about the vague swirling or sorry, the swirling vague concerns in his head and needing to get them out of his head and untangled because that's I love how he described that. It's like in my earlier episode when I talked about how sometimes when we're inside our head, it feels like we're inside a snow globe. And in order to see the picture clearly, we need to step out of the snow globe, set it down and let that snow settle so that we can see the actual issue at hand instead of the many vague thoughts and concerns that are swirling around the actual issue. I would like to invite you guys to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review it. It's so helpful to me when you take the time to do that. And also, if you could go and check out my Facebook page, Simply Resilient Life Coaching, and like and share that page. That really helps me get the word out, and I appreciate everyone who's already done that. This week, our hot mess moment is from last week in church. Uh, We were sitting in our bench, and my two-year-old got a hold of an iPad and turned it on to this very loud app. And this was right in the middle of a very reverent part of church. Everyone's silent. And she turned on Fish School. And I don't know if any of you have played Fish School. I'm not even sure if that's exactly what it's called, but that's what we call it. And it just immediately launches into this loud music and this woman talking and it's asking you all these questions. And no matter what any of us tried to do to get it to turn off, we could not get fish school to turn off. And it's probably 15 or 20 seconds of just this loud fish school app playing right in the middle of a very reverent part of church. And we knew people around us were, you know, smiling and everyone was on the level. They knew that we were doing our best and that it was just one of those moments. But it was a, um, a funny and humbling experience for us all. My in the trenches moment for you this week is I wanted to share some self-coaching I've done recently on my weight loss journey. I'm going to do uh, a whole episode on kind of the weight loss experiences that I've had throughout my life. And then since I've introduced the concepts that I've learned through life coaching and mind management, but I just want to talk about one specifically that in September, I was setting some goals for the upcoming couple of months. And I noticed as I did my self-coaching that one thought that my brain loves to offer me when I'm trying to do something that's a little bit, maybe a little bit more challenging and requires some more commitment, like cutting out treats or not snacking, you know, some of those things that we know that can help us be a little healthier and achieve our health goals and our weight loss goals. Uh, My lower brain loves to offer me the thought of this probably isn't even working anyway. And it's just that little sneaky thought of, you know, I I pass on dessert or whatever. And then my lower brain says, you might as well just eat the dessert because this probably isn't even working. Like you could pass on dessert, but you still won't be healthier and lose the weight. And if I'm not careful, I start to believe it. And I think, oh yeah, like this, what I'm doing is so hard and all these efforts are not even worth making the effort because it's probably not even working. And so as I was doing my self-coaching and identifying that kind of trouble thought that my lower brain loves to offer me, I thought, how can I answer my lower brain in a way that it I can believe and it can come around to to kind of neutralize that sabotaging thought. And one way that I was able to find this really effective thought that has worked so well for me was I went to the future version of myself. And what that means is like I went to who I am today. So this is like on September 1st. And I thought, okay, like on October 31st, 
which is today. Happy Halloween, everybody. Um, What will I be thinking when I've made these efforts and I've stayed committed to my plans that I've made and I do it from this place of abundance and love for myself and I've lost a certain amount of weight that I've decided to lose in two months and I'm right on track with all my goals and I'm feeling great. What will she be thinking about that future version of myself? And it just came to me instantly. I don't always, I'm not always able to access the thoughts of my future self that easily. But as I really set up what that would look like, October 31st, I've lost so many pounds. I'm living this, you know, this healthy diet and I'm enjoying it and I'm doing it for the right reasons. And what am I thinking? And it was as simple as I'm thinking this works. That was it. And so all that time in the first couple weeks of September, as I was getting my eating back on track for, from kind of playing over the summer and letting things get away from me a little bit. I was getting back to who I wanted to be and follow my plan. My lower brain multiple times a day, definitely every day, would offer me the thoughts like, this probably isn't even working. And because I had done that self-coaching, I knew that it was going to do that. And I had a plan. I had an answer for my brain. And so my brain said, I think this probably isn't even working. Go ahead and eat the cookie. And I would say, no, it's okay. I'm just going to pass on the cookie because this is definitely working. Like I've already gone ahead to the future with a crystal ball (laughs) and seeing how it works and seeing who I will be when it has worked and it's working and it's going the way I have planned for it to go and the way I want it to go. And she has reassured me that it works. My efforts work. My plan works. And so then when I answer my brain with that thought of this works, my lower brain doesn't even quite know what to do, but my lower brain basically just says, oh, okay, because we thought maybe it didn't work. But if you're sure it works, then I guess we'll, then I guess we're okay. And then I don't go into that kind of spiral of like, what am I even doing? Is this even going to work? Will I even lose the weight? Will I even, you know, all the things. That's been just so incredibly helpful for me. And often our most inspiring thoughts are just that simple, just as simple as it works. I know it works. I've seen, I've seen the version of myself I am when it's working. And I am thrilled to report to you guys that I met my goal for the last two months perfectly. So on September 1st, I weighed 208 pounds. I had gained 10 pounds over the summer. And my goal was to lose the 10 pounds I gained over the summer in September. And then one pound a week from there on out. So then four pounds in October. And as of this morning, I weighed 193.6 pounds. So within just a few decimals of a few tenths of a pound of my goal weight of 194 by October 31st. And all along the way, there have been ups and downs in my weight and ups and downs in my urges and desires. I've just continued with that reminder from my future self of just keep going. This works. Just keep going. Your plan works. And it's been so helpful. So your mission for the week is where we're going to end today. And what I'd like to challenge you guys to do this week is to plan on people saying dumb stuff when you're in hard things and just give them the benefit of the doubt and know that they mean well. And in addition to that, plan on you saying dumb stuff to other people because that happens. We all know it does. And to also just take a minute to take something in your life that is giving you a challenge or something that's happening in someone else's life that is challenging for you to understand or relate to and just ask your brain to look at it in a new way to try to get outside of the box of the way you understand it right now and see if you can get some clarity on that issue and and connect with that person or with yourself in a new way. 
Thank you for listening and making time in your day. If this podcast resonates with you, send an email to jesse at simplyresilient.net to schedule a free mini session and see if working with me would be a great fit for you. Remember, when we choose to intentionally manage our minds, we go from feeling mentally miserable to feeling like a mental warrior. You've got this. I'll talk to you soon. Over and out.